Hello, welcome back to the Life Learners podcast. Today we're going to be talking about a very big, um, a big event that's happening for Automa Pige. Um, and then I'd also like to talk about the watch prices um, <laughs> with sort of the, a recession looming. I think watch prices have seen a little bit of a decrease, which to many uh, secondhand dealers or collectors has come as a shock. It's definitely all over Instagram that this recession is coming for watch prices next. So I wanted to give my thoughts on sort of the what, what, what has happened to the watch prices over the last couple of weeks and just general thoughts on uh, watch pricing and, and for lack of a better term, watch investing, which isn't something that I, I, uh, I've done a couple of articles and videos on it, but that, you know, I think that there's a lot more to just the, just the concept or the, the word watch and the phrase watch investing. So, um, hopefully you'll find that a little bit interesting and, and the, the commentary that I have, um, interesting. So I'll start off with Automa Pige. It was announced, um, that Automa Pige's CFO, Francois Henry Benamias will be leaving Automa Pige in 2023, uh, the end of 2023. Um, it was first announced in January 2022 that he was going to be leaving, um, but the it's finally being confirmed by Benemias and the chair of AP's board of directors, Yasmin Ormaz, in um, in an interview. Benemias has been a, a revolutionary CEO for Automa Pige. There has been a lot of stuff that has happened for the brand. Uh, very iconic events, watch releases, um, controversial watches, watch releases, and he's definitely steered on my PGA in in a very interesting direction. François Henri Benimus was has been with Automa Pige since 1994. In 1999, he became the managing director of Automa Pige North America. He was then appointed interim CEO in 2012, and he became permanent CEO in 2013. There's so many things that he sort of left um, behind for Automa Pige during his time with the brand. Um, notably, uh, huge increases in revenues and watches sold. Um, in, a, in 2023, he told World Tempest that in 2012, Automa Pige did a little more than 600 million Swiss francs in revenue and sold between 31 and 32,000 watches. Um, if we fast forward a little bit, 2018, Automa Pige sold over a billion Swiss francs, and in 2021, AP actually hit their sales figure of 1.6 billion, which actually places them above Patek Philippe and making them the fourth largest watch brand by sales in Switzerland, which is a significant result for a brand that maybe isn't the first brand that you uh, would um, would think about straight away. Obviously, Automa Pige and, um, and Patek Philippe compete heavily with one another, especially because the people who are purchasing those watches are really spending similar amounts. And so it's the, the type of customer who's purchasing those watches is very, very close. So a huge accomplishment with just the general growth of Arma Pige. Another thing that he was hugely impactful with was the development of uh, AP houses, like, um, you know, the the idea that Arma Pige can have these sort of club-like atmospheres which can foster the sort of a social interactions within sort of a watch sale um, that, that would take place. A lot of their um, 
a lot of their so what he sort of did was um, decreasing um, point of sale for Armapige and allowing for them to have a lot more control over inventories in the sales environment, which I think you're noticing more and more companies do. And so these AP houses definitely did that. He also established the new AP Museum, which was completed in 2020 um, and a very significant um, part of his accomplishments was to create that museum in Nebrasus. He was also part of, um, you know, presiding over the design and the production of watches for the 50th anniversary of the Royal Oak, which is a significant event just in watchmaking in general. He also grew out um, the collections of watches that um, that Arma Piguet had to offer. Um, there were different lines. There are many different lines of, uh, you know, during his time at Arma Piguet. Jules Armar, uh, Edouard Piguet, Tradition, and the Millinery Collections. But he's actually shrunk the collections down to sort of, I guess, core competencies for Armar Piguet, being the, uh, the Royal Oak, the Royal Oak Offshore, the Royal Oak Concepts, and Code 1159. Code 1159 is probably one of the most controversial um, <clears throat> things that he did at Armar Piguet. I've been, uh, you know, my comments on it is it's not what you expect Armar Piguet to be. However, to push the brand forward and find something that's a little bit different and, you know, not rely solely on the Royal Oak was something that I think the brand needed to do. Um, and the new in-house automatic chronograph that they produced, along with many other complications, I think is an attempt to push the brand beyond just being a one-trick pony, which I think I, I appreciate um, heavily. He also released things like um, the Royal Oak concept turbulence that were based off of Marvel characters, so Black Panther being one of them. Um, we covered that on the, on the website as well, on Life on the Wrist. His contributions um, are significant for the history of Orma Pige and the time that he spent with the brand. Um, he should feel very proud of, of what he has accomplished. And François Henry, uh, I, I guarantee you're probably not listening to this podcast, but if you do, uh, huge congratulations on everything that you've accomplished. I think leaving at, at a time where you are sort of on top um, and have innovated for the brand in the ways that you have and run it um, in the ways that you have is significant. And I congratulate you on your time spent with Arma Pige. There is no official news on whether or not... Um, on, on whether or not the uh, the genius will be moving on to something else. Uh, it's not, not been announced or, and it's not really um, being shared by anyone. So we'll have to see if his next move will be within the watch industry or not. Um, so uh, yeah, keep, keep, your, keep your ear to the ground. We'll have to see what, what ends up happening. All right, so moving on from François-Henri Benimias to watch prices. So obviously the markets, larger markets, not just um, sort of watch markets, have taken maybe a, a, a turn for the, for in, in a direction that you might not <laughs> be super happy about. Um, stock markets are obviously a little bit down. Gas prices are up. Inflation is up. There's been a lot of move by central banks to try and curb a lot of the inflationary um, a lot of the, the inflation that we are seeing 
So all in all, I think many people are saying that a recession is on its way and within the next 12 months there's a high likelihood of, of a recession um, that will be hitting. And of course, uh, it doesn't just hit stock markets. Of course, watches are technically liquid enough to be considered an asset. And I think many people over the last couple of years who found watches a nice place to put their money, something that they can enjoy, and things that have appreciated value over the last, you know, uh, let's call it 10 years. Because stock markets have been hit, there's been a lot of talk about how watch markets are most likely going to be hit and have already been hit. Um, if you don't know, there's a site called Chrono24, and they actually track um, historical sales prices of watches, which I think has been, it's a nice tool to, to use to sort of see how things are going and, and um, you know, see general, general prices for, for the watches that, that are available. So a lot of the times when you think about watch investing, uh, I really don't like that term. I, I have done something, some, some videos and articles about watch investing. The crux of my argument is that watches are not, are, they are, they should not be treated as your sole investment class. I think it's a, it's a way that you can diversify your assets slightly, but you should really buy watches for the right reasons, and that's to enjoy them, to wear them, to collect what you like, and um, use it as a watch, you know? Um, it's a nice place that you can diversify your money into, though. So um, Chrono24 actually tracks historical prices, and so with that being said, you know, I, I immediately, when, when people were talking about this, I was thinking, oh, I, got, I need to go over to, um, to Chrono24 to see, see what the prices of, of watches have done. And so I thought I would just run through a couple of watches that probably are on the top of your mind. Um, Rolex Daytonas are obviously uh, considered a, a decent investment by many. Again, I think it's a very popular popular model, so um, take this with a grain of salt. But I was looking at the 116520, which is just the stainless steel white dial uh, Rolex Daytona. This watch climbed in value up to 30, let's call it 34,500 US dollars in April. And now we're looking at something that as of um, 620, 2022 is worth 31,500 US dollars. So you're, it's about a $3,000 decline in the price, um, which, um, you know, I find it quite um, quite interesting to see that that price was pretty significantly impacted. Rolex Daytona's aren't $31,000 um, retail. It's not what they typically go for. Um, it's a discontinued watch, but you can get Rolex Daytonas um, for for less than um, th thirty one thousand US dollars. Um, typical, a modern stainless steel um, Rolex Daytona costs about thirteen fourteen thousand US dollars, and so you're looking at something that's worth twenty thousand more than what it goes for retail. This decline is significant from a from a number of thirty four thousand. But I don't think it's unrealistic when you think about a watch that is really worth, you know, 14 or sells for 13, 14, 15 uh, at retail. Um, just to give some other examples of the declines that people have been seeing, I think the Rolex 
Uh, Hulk is a good example of a watch that definitely has seen huge increases. If you look just back to 2019, this was a $13,000 Submariner. Um, the watch ended up increasing all the way to um, all the way to 31,000 US dollars in April. Now it's come down to about 27,800 US dollars. So you're looking at another, like again, about a $4,000 decline. A lot of this has to do with the fact that this is a discontinued model, um, but it also has to do with the fact that uh, there's a lot of hype around that, that specific model. Um, I'll give one more example, the Patek Philippe Nautilus 5711. This is a discontinued um, reference, which is something to note, but um, you know, a 30, let's, I think it's a $35,000 uh, watch um, that went all the way up to when it was discontinued, went all the way up to 196,000 US dollars, 160,000 US dollars more than what it sells at retail. That went from 196 all the way down to 164, so a $30,000 decline between um, February 20, or let me make sure I get this right, between uh, the beginning of February and uh, now. So watch prices are coming down. I don't think there's um, a, um, a, there's a, you, you can't deny that. Um, but one thing I think you, you should consider is the fact that a lot of these watches are at, were at the prices that they were because there was a lot of hype around them. People were very interested in these models. They were hard to get, and so people were paying exorbitant amounts of money just to get their hands on, on one of these models. That being said, people were also paying this amount of money um, to get one of these models, and so it really is a supply and demand um, thing here. I think there is some sort of equilibrium price for, for these watches on the second-hand market. I do think that when references get discontinued, they become rare, more rare, and then the prices of the, of the watches increase slightly. Um, but I think uh, there is a piece of this pr the pricing of these watches that is driven heavily by hype. And so maybe this recession will uh, allow for that hype to be sort of calmed down a little bit. I said that during the pandemic, but it went the complete opposite direction, so I can be wrong. But hopefully, um, there'll there'll be some sort of normalcy that we'll see, especially with the fact that inflation was um, so high this year. Let me know what you think about watch pricing. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes of this video to an article about Benemias's um, um, I guess the fact that he's leaving Automapigue, as well as some articles to the, my my videos about invest videos and articles about investing in watches. Um, so you can check those out. If you are new to the Life on the Wrist podcast, be sure to follow us. If you want to be the first notified when we upload our podcasts, if you want to check out our social medias or our website or anything about Life on the Wrist, head over to the show notes. There will be more information there. If you are feeling generous and wouldn't mind rating this podcast, it really does help me out. And I can tailor this content to you specifically. And with that said, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And until next time.